This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 update. Today, we'll be discussing the 2021 match, what went well, what we learned, and how it was influenced by the pandemic. I'm joined today by Dr. Donna Lamb, President and Chief Executive Officer of the National Resident Matching Program, or NRMP, in Washington, D.C. Dr. Lamb has a doctorate in health sciences. And Dr. William Pinsky, President and Chief Executive Officer, Educational Commission for Foreign Medical Graduates, or ECFMG, in Philadelphia. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Thank you uh, so much to both of you for joining us today. Dr. Lamb, this was the largest match in NRMP history. That's quite a feat during a pandemic. Can you talk about some of those numbers with us and if you were surprised by the level of participation this year? Well, we weren't surprised by the level of participation this year because we did have more um, applicants than we had had in prior years. As you know, um, we had approximately 19,000, almost 20,000 USMD seniors, a little over 7,100 uh, osteopathic seniors. And then for all of the registered applicants, which are the folks who register but don't necessarily participate fully in the match, we had almost 49,000 participants. So I wasn't surprised at all that we saw higher numbers. And in truth, year over year, uh, the number of applicants in the match increased simply because of increasing the number of uh, individuals graduating medical school uh, and the individuals who um, are available uh, coming from overseas. Dr. Lamb, how did that increased participation, those bigger numbers, impact the match and program fill rates? Well, the reality is, is the match rates really did not change. So we had uh, an increased number of applicants available, uh, not a terribly uh, high number of increased uh, increased number of programs, excuse me. And so we did not expect to see a substantial change in the match rates, and fortunately, we didn't. And uh, you know, any other kind of key trends in terms of unfilled positions after the matching is done? Uh, we actually had fewer positions in SOAP this year than we had in the prior year. So, again, not a substantial number, but it was, uh, if I recall correctly, it was around 100 uh, less positions available in SOAP. So, again, not a lot of, of changes and not a lot of trends uh, that we saw that we felt like uh, were substantial to the match itself. So it sounds like, you know, bigger numbers, but everything went kind of as planned. Is that your perception then of the year? Yes. Yeah. With the increase in numbers of applicants exceeding the increase in the number of positions, we fully expected to see, you know, the match remain the same. And, and thankfully it did. Dr. Pinsky, how was the overall news for international medical graduates? Can you talk about some of the big takeaways for IMGs this year? Sure, Todd. I'm happy to do that. And thanks for invitation for being here today. Um, I personally think it was a spectacular year for international medical graduates. Um, you know, as Donna was, was saying, you know, there's a numerator denominator issue in terms of when one looks at percentages. Um, but we had an um, uh, increased number of uh, international medical graduates in the match uh, um, by quite a bit. I think from the U.S. 
U.S. citizen international medical graduate perspective, uh, there are almost 5,300 individuals in, which is a 2.5% increase, which is relatively small. But for the the um, international medical graduates, there is a 15% increase uh, uh, going uh, with over 1,000 uh, additional people in the match year over year. Um, and and uh, um, over 100 more that, that had actually matched. Um, so, you know, percentage-wise, it, it isn't as high as recent years. But in terms of actual numbers and from an interest perspective, um, it, it – um, it really was was very very good, Dr. Pinsky. Were there any you know challenges either that were unanticipated or learnings for IMGs this year? So I think the entire year was unanticipated. I think we could all say that uh, uh, from so many so many different respects. And the international medical graduates had many of the same challenges that the U.S. grads had. Plus some. Um, I think the you know the issue of no uh, away rotations. You know the, the sort of the you know the, the the tryouts that have occurred in other years. The doing um, no in-person interviews. Um, I think was even a greater challenge for the international medical graduates, and probably. You know, a, a big thing was the fact that the clinical skills exam was suspended and then canceled. And um, a number, a large number, uh, probably a third of, of the people who ended up in the match had not yet um, taken their clinical skills exam. And, and that caused a lot of anxiety. And in fact, I, you know, our team did a great job in terms of setting up alternative pathways so that we could continue to assure the public that the ECFMG certification was is doing what it's supposed to be doing and still allow international medical graduates uh, into the match. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's very interesting. Dr. Lamb, you know, were there any other changes to this year's residency application process that you think, you know, had an influence on participation and results? Well, I think we don't really know that yet because all of the, the data and the information isn't in. And, and some of the drivers for the changes in this process are somewhat anecdotal, right? Every year we see some specialties that uh, increase, such as psych, they, they are more competitive this year. And some that decline, such as radiation oncology. And, you know, these changes happen for a variety of reasons that could include the, in the interest of applicants uh, in the specialty as well as competitiveness of the program. But, you know, there are also the drivers that we don't have a real understanding of quite yet uh, that we're trying to uh, to understand more and try and understand how COVID might have affected um, the residency application process. So we recently issued an enhanced program director and applicant survey that has begun to ask very specific questions around the recruitment cycle. And we're in the process of analyzing that data right now. We're going to be excited to, to release the data once that's done because we think that it will help applicants and programs understand not only this last match cycle, but potentially uh, help them better understand the upcoming cycle and make some decisions going forward. It's like so many things during the pandemic, we're kind of learning as we go. And so uh, we'll wait to see what the data says. Well, speaking of that, that you know, the number of rounds in SOAP uh, were increased from three to four this year. Do you think uh, that that fourth round measurably helped in filling uh, programs and matching applicants? Well, um, it depends on how you look at measurably, but we do think that the final round, that addition of the fourth round of SOAP was helpful. There were 
49 offers uh, made in that final round of SOAP, and 42 of those were accepted. So clearly there's a benefit to those candidates in those programs. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Medicine doesn't stand still, and at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. Can you talk about, you know, any key learnings from this year's match uh, that we haven't discussed? Uh, you know, what are the biggest opportunities, you know, as you look forward to next year's to continue to improve uh, the residency application match process or the other kind of changes or improvements you'd already kind of plan to carry forward into the, to the next application season? Uh, Dr. Pinsky, do you want to start? Sure. Thank you. Um, uh, great question. Um, you know, we this past year was was so different. Um, you know, we uh, have all learned so much, and 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 we really and and I look at it from a positive perspective. Um, you know, yes, it was challenging. You know, but it's an opportunity to improve and to inform and and to do better. And so I think you know we'll be working with international medical graduates in terms of uh, you know virtual interviews. Um, help you know uh, continuing to to work with um, DIOs, program directors. We have a survey going out. I think either this week or next week um, to that group of people to find out their experience and then how we can translate that in terms of working with the international medical graduates. We, we also um, um, surveyed um, the, the PGY1s um, who were who are in uh, in programs this year um, during COVID to find out, you know, what stresses did they have, um, and we'll use that information to to help onboard uh, individuals coming in in July. So, I, I sort of look at the fact that the 2021 match. Um, is not over yet until we get everybody on board in July. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be opening up sometime in April, probably, um, the pathways uh, for next year's match. Dr. Uh, Lam, any uh, key learnings from your end? Well, I think the biggest thing is that the match worked the way it was supposed to. Um, one of the one of the actions that we took going into this match was to change uh, the rank order list opening. We, we made it 17 days later than it normally would be. And we moved the rank order list certification deadline a week later than it normally would be. And I think that that allowed more time for the recruitment cycle. Um, which was of benefit to programs and applicants. And it also shortened the time between that certification period and match week, which anytime you reduce the time, I think you're automatically reducing the stress. Um, but we're still analyzing some of this year's uh, changes and we're meeting as an organization uh, now to determine whether or not these changes continue in the best interest of the community. And if so, 
uh, we'll keep those changes. Um, we recognize that the match process is stressful uh, and that it's frustrating. And, and we, you know, there are multiple pieces to this whole cycle, right? Like there's the application piece, there's an interview, and then there's the actual match. Um, and so we are, we're certainly uh, willing and, and are currently sitting down with other organizations to discuss processes of, that are part of this match cycle, whether we have a role in them or we have any authority over them or not. Um, doesn't it doesn't affect our, our willingness to be able to work with other uh, organizations to make this process better. So we're happy to sit at the table and talk about how we might improve the whole cycle um, and how we might participate in that by um, analyzing some of our data so that we can all better understand uh, ranking and matching behaviors by programs and applicants. But I, I think what we learned again is that, um, you know, there were some substantial changes in the community and the match remained very stable. Uh, and I think that, that that's a positive thing for medical education. It is very positive and, a, and an achievement uh, in a pandemic uh, when you're dealing with something like that. Uh, Dr. Lim, I'm also interested in, in knowing uh, just kind of the tool set that you see uh, folks using in this process. The AMA has its residency and fellowship database called Frida. And we definitely saw record traffic uh, during uh, match week. You know, what role do you see tools and resources like these playing in both, you know, the recent match and as you look forward to the future? Yeah, um, I, I don't, I, I probably won't advocate for any single organization's resource, but, but I think certainly everyone bringing their resources to bear certainly brings transparency and information to the process. Um, I think the tool such as the Residency Explorer tool, which is a collaboration of nine medical education and licensing organizations, uh, will help to continue to establish a database that's intended to help inform applicants uh, at the program level. Um, anytime we provide more information to applicants, uh, I certainly think that that helps them better understand their qualifications, their eligibility, their requirements to be in a program, as well as the program's curriculum. And that ultimately helps them to make better decisions and will hopefully at some point um, begin to impact the, um, the, the numbers of applications that are being uh, submitted. NRMP itself provides a number of resources. We provide the charting outcomes in the match, which helps uh, applicants, uh, excuse me, programs understand uh, characteristics and quality of students and graduates that uh, match to a program across 22 specialties. And that's in three versions. There's an MDBO and uh, IMG version. The program director and applicant survey um, are gonna continue to be very helpful tools. Um, and again, one of the things that we're looking at, along with providing even more webinars and more uh, ability to contact and work with the NRMP through this cycle, is to just add more interactive tools uh, to the to the NRMP website, uh, build out some of our reports so they get modernized and cut across experience rather than being siloed uh, specifically within uh, certain specialties, and um, we are adding uh, DIO calls, so designated mm -hmm. institutions call so that we can help better educate uh, sponsoring institutions as well as medical schools. And we're developing a, a robust research agenda uh, with our intent to better inform the community. We're going to begin to collect demographic data with this mm -hmm. next main match cycle so that we can begin to put that data along, uh, up against our ranking data and help hopefully better understand some of the, the patterns and behaviors that cause uh, people to rank the way they do. 
Um, and then, of course, as I said, we're looking to modernize our, our results in uh, data books so that we can, again, provide more information to medical schools, applicants, and programs. Okay. So I think there's a number of resources available, and um, I'm excited to work with any organization that would like to partner with us on, on improving that. Dr. Pinsky, any tools or resources that are specific to the IMG community that are uh, especially useful this year? Yeah, well, I think uh, obviously the IMG community benefits from um, most of what, what Donna just, just described. Um, you know, we, we have our, our ECHO program, uh, which is uh, uh, intended to, to help applicants to understand um, process and, 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 and help with, with choices. I, I think Really, the you know, Todd, the most important thing to talk about is the cooperation among all the organizations that are involved with medical education here in the United States, and 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 I think that I, I don't know if everybody can appreciate how close to the precipice we were in terms of not medical education collapsing so much as healthcare delivery collapsing with the pandemic, uh, because if if we were not able to have a successful match in continuing graduate, graduate medical education, you know, we all understand the importance of, of how house staff in their supervised care uh, abilities, how important that is to, to healthcare in this country. And, um, you know, the cooperation among all the organizations, obviously, including the AMA, um, really is what um, helped facilitate the very successful match that we had this year. And, you know, and each organization obviously did their own part and, and NRMP was spectacular in terms of what they were able to do. Um, but I think really the, the combined efforts of everybody working together is so important. And as we look toward the future in terms of, of pandemic or not, just the stress of transition from medical school to, to residency is such a big issue. And the Coalition for Physician Accountability has been working very diligently throughout the pandemic in developing um, tools and, and um, I think the, the product uh, of all those labors should be coming out very soon. And, and again, I think that that shows the cooperation that, that we have in, in what I would call the House of Medicine. Well, uh, I think talking about cooperation and an excellent result in the face of pretty extraordinary times is a good way to uh, end this segment. I want to thank uh, both of you, Dr. Pinsky, Dr. Lamb, and your organizations for everything that you did to pull off a successful match. Uh, nothing uh, more enjoyable to see in my social feeds than all of those medical students uh, moving on to their residency programs. There's uh, such joy. So thank you for being here today. That's it for today's COVID-19 update. Uh, we'll be back soon with another segment. In the meantime, for resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. This content was originally published as part of the AMA's COVID-19 daily video updates. Find the latest at ama-assn.org slash COVID update. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.